The Daily Witness is not just a podcast, but originally started as a gospel newspaper. Trevor Van Vieren Ministries distributes this newspaper free of charge, paid for by partners and friends. If you have not received a copy of this newspaper in your mailbox, feel free to download a copy from our website, www.thedailywitness.co.za. And now, enjoy today's podcast. Let's open up in a word of prayer. Oh, Father, yeah, we are spoiled. We are spoiled to be your children. We are spoiled to have our names written in your precious book, the the Lamb's Book of Life. We are spoiled because we are born again. You came after us. And because of that, we have been born again. We went from death unto life. What a privilege. What an honor. And we have a father. A father who loves us and cares for us. And now, Lord, we get to spend this beautiful quality time with you. It's your kids hanging out with their dad. And so we thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. You said to us um, that the Holy Spirit is the teacher of the church. And uh, dad, we want to learn from you today. We want to be encouraged by your spirit today. So I thank you, Father, that you have already anointed me according to Second Timothy. And I thank you, Father, that I can preach the word under the anointing. Father, I want these people to be edified. I want them to be built up. I want them to know you in a more intimate and more passionate way than ever before. We love you. Thank you for being a blessing to your children tonight. Thank you for thinking through my mind and speaking through my vocal cords, Lord. I say none of me. It's important because I just wanted. I just want it to be you, you know. I want you to have your way tonight and to talk to your children and convince them and show them, hey, dad is here, you know. That's what matters. We love you so much. You're so precious to us. Thank you, Father, for helping your children become edified. Thank you, Father, for making a mark in them that cannot be erased. Thank you, Lord, after this message, they'll go away. And this word will not return void to you, but it's going to prosper inside of them and bring forth a harvest. Every seed produces after its own kind. And we have you to thank. Despite this mess that the devil created in the earth, We have a loving Father. We have a word that's more stable and more sure than anything else. And we can depend on it. And we can take it to the bank in the face of the enemy. And um, yo, we just love you. And we're blessed by you and your beautiful presence. We thank you for your sweet presence tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Man, that that prayer can preach. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Okay, now I'll just, I'm just watching for time's sake. Okay, I asked the Lord in December, I'm just going to recap for those who were not with us last week. I asked the Lord in December, Lord, what should we focus on in the new year? What should we talk about in the new year? And... Near the end of December, coming into January, he said to me, I want you to focus on the fact that there's no growth in the church. So, if you look at the body of Christ, I'm not saying the entire body of Christ, that's not what I'm saying, but unfortunately, there's a big portion of the church that's not growing. And it's a problem. And there's evidence of it. We see it throughout the body of Christ. And it's sad. There's a handful of people that are living for Christ and are on fire every day. But there's a big portion that is just going on and doing their own little thing. So uh, quickly, just to recap, um, I want us to look at... Where was it, Lord? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Thank you, Jesus. You're so sweet. 1 Corinthians chapter... Th- uh, what version? The Amplified Classic. 
Oh, yes, Lord. Hey, you're good. I love that I can depend on him. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I'm going to read from verse 1, 2, and 3. And this is the Amplified Classic, okay? Okay. And take down notes. It's important to take down notes. Amen. What verse? 1, 2, 3. Chapter 3, verse 1, 2, 3. And we're just going to highlight and just give a a touch-up from uh, last week. Okay. However, brethren, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to the church at Corinth. Now, obviously, there were things that were happening in the church. It got back to him. He heard about it. Man, he was not happy. Okay? Because there should have been a transformation... These are believers. They're born again. They have the Spirit of Christ in them. And so he's writing a letter to them and he's rebuking the church. And listen to this. And I, I picked the Amplified Classic on purpose. However, brethren, the Apostle Paul's writing here and he's talking to them. I could not talk to you as to spiritual men. I had to speak to you as non-spiritual men of the flesh. In whom the carnal nature predominates. Look at that word. It's a strong word. The flesh that predominates. Men, uh, as to mere infants in the new life in Christ. Unable to talk yet. These are Christian babies. Christian babies. He says, he says here, non-spiritual Carnal nature. They're allowing that carnal nature to predominate. So because of that carnal nature, they're allowing that carnal nature to predominate them. He can't talk to them as spiritual things. He can't talk to them on a mature level. Here is a man that has written three quarters of the New Testament. And he can't talk to them. Wow. How would you feel... Here's a man that's writing three quarters of the New Testament. God is trusting him to write the New Testament. And he comes in and he says, sorry, I can't talk to you. Because you're allowing, you yielding to your flesh. I, I can't give anything to you. you you're not going to hear it. That's what it gets down to. You can't hear me. You won't be able to digest it. That's it. Watch this. Verse 2. I fed you with milk. Not Solid food. I fed you with milk, not solid food. How many of you all want to eat solid food mm. over milk? Obviously. Definitely. For you were not yet strong enough to be ready for it. Ow. Okay. But even yet you are not strong enough to be ready for it. Verse 3. For you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh. You under the control of ordinary impulses. You got no control of your impulses. Uh, for as long as they are envying and jealousy, oh, there it is, and wrangling and factions among you. Now, the word wrangling, uh, the King James says strife. Okay? Arguing, fighting. You've got to have the last word. Yeah. As long as that's going on and factions, the King James says, divisions. As long as there's strife and divisions among you, are you not unspiritual and of the flesh? Watch this. Behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men. Wow. You're a Christian and the people can't even tell. And this is what the Lord was saying. He said to me, I want you to focus this message on that there is no growth. And he says, that's a problem. That is a problem. Don't accept it. And like I said in the message uh, last week, I noticed when I got born again, I was growing and I noticed the Christians that I came into contact with from different denominations and so forth, 
There was no signs of growth, no evidence of growth whatsoever. Heck, this bunch ain't even talking about it. And I'm wondering why. But, you know, I kept quiet. Now, the Lord went on to say to me, He wanted to get this across. People don't see the importance of growth. Okay? You know why? I'll give you a brief synopsis of it. Because you can't see it. You can't see growth spiritually. So how's that going to benefit me? That's what it boils down to. If I grow spiritually, how's that going to help anyone? Is anyone going to see it? It doesn't benefit me. So they focus on everything natural. That's a problem. Now watch this. So the Lord said, uh, I want you to go into the Old Testament. And I want you to show the people the problem. What is the payoff? There's a payoff. You don't get to not grow. And then there's no payoff from that. There's a payoff. And it's very costly. So he said to me, go to the Old Testament. Go to the book of Numbers. And we went there. Last week, and we read from Numbers chapter 13, and then going a little bit into chapter 14. Now, I'm going to just brief you up on that. So, what happened was, the children of Israel, they were in bondage to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for over 400 years. Okay, They're sitting there, and man, these guys treated them like slaves. Well, they cried out to God. The Lord says, they've cried out to me. I heard their cries. So he says, okay, I'm going to deliver you. So he sends a deliverer. His name is Moses. And Moses goes through as a prophet of God and takes Aaron with him. And man, he performs miracles. You know the story. The very first time Moses showed up in Pharaoh's palace, what happened? He took his staff. He threw it down. It turned into a snake. And Moses picked it up again and turned back into a stick. Someone says, that's fairy tales. That happened. That happened. And Pharaoh said, I'm not impressed by that. My magicians can do that. And they did. So then, oh, before he picked it up, Moses' staff was still lying there. It was still a snake. So the Egyptians, uh, they performed their magic tricks, you know, and their sticks turned into a snake. So... God pulled a, a fast one on him, and Moses' snake ate their snakes. Chowed them up. <laughs> and Pharaoh said, yo, what big teeth you have. No, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just checking if you're listening. Amen. Okay. So Moses gets down, and he picks up the, the snake, and it turns into a stick again. So, okay, Pharaoh's like, okay. And then... Uh, you know the story, even when Moses went and he stood in front of the children of Israel, he took his hand and he put it inside of his cloak and he took it out and it was full of leprosy. And the children of Israel were like, okay. Because God said, I want you to show them I'm real. I'm coming. So he puts his hand back inside the cloak and he takes it out and it's made whole. Now the miracles start taking place. And of course, God is turning up the heat on Pharaoh and making him stubborn on purpose to show forth God's glory. And you know the story about the frogs. Oh, man, it was, it was nasty. I wouldn't want to be an Egyptian there. No. You open up your duck feather Egyptian cotton uh, duvet and there's frogs everywhere. They're under your pillow and they, they, it says they were in the food. You you get the, the, the filter coffee machine going. You want to put the filter paper. There's a frog, you know, looking back at you. You toss that thing out. And yes, this one. You open up the, the water compartment. There they, they spring out. It was bad. It was bad. There were frogs everywhere. And um, I love this. So Moses says, okay, uh, are you going to let my people go? And the Pharaoh says, uh, yeah, I'll think about it. So he says, do you want me to pray for you? He says, uh, yes. So he says, when do you want me to pray for you? Pray for me tomorrow. <laughs> hey. That is how prideful Pharaoh was. 
Okay. So he said, I'll show you. I'll put up with the frogs a whole other night. That's nothing for me. And then, you know, he turned the water into blood. So throughout Egypt, the water was turned to blood. Then they had this, uh, it says, um, I think, flies. Uh, but the original Hebrew says flesh-eating insects. They came there and they were biting on them. Sounds like aggressive mosquitoes. They weren't South African. They came there from <laughs> Middle Africa. No, I'm joking. And um, I mean, the, the list goes on. Then, you know, it was dark. And I mentioned last week, it was so dark there. The Bible says they couldn't see their hand in front of their face. In fact, the scripture says they were too scared to move. So, like I said last week, and this just makes sense to me, they were forced to go on a fast. Because <laughs> if you're too scared to move, how are you going to eat? And if you can't see your hand in front of you, where's the kitchen? You know? And then you think you're grabbing bread and you're picking up a frog. <laughs> but there was light in the land of Goshen. And then it got worse and worse. I mean, God just turned up the heat and just paid those Egyptians back. And then eventually it got very serious. And then the firstborn, the firstborn son, even right down to the animals, died. And uh, eventually Pharaoh said, okay, go, go, just get out of here. He couldn't handle it anymore. Okay, so they leave. And now pay attention now to everything that's happening. Okay, all these wonderful miracles are taking place. So they go. So God says, I'm going to turn up the heat one more time on Pharaoh. And he made Pharaoh so stubborn that Pharaoh said, no ways, I'm not going to let them go. And he chased after them. And now they stuck by the Red Sea. Oh, before I, before I do that, the scripture says in the place of Psalms, when they left, there was not one feeble person amongst them. They got supernaturally healed. And then God said, go to the Egyptians and knock on the door. And I will give you favor. That's what the scripture says. I will give you favor. And so they went to the Egyptians' door and the Egyptians just gave them gold and silver and said, yeah, fat, fat. And he says, you know, just get out of here. So they came out healed and they came out prosperous. Someone says... Do you have any proof of that? Yes, I do. When they were in the desert and they had to make a little calf, where do you think all the gold came from? If you were a slave, you don't have that kind of money. But all of a sudden they had earrings and chains and all that, and that's how they made that calf. Even building the first temple. That's right. So they came out loaded and they came out healed. God spoiled them. He looked after them. And then, of course, you know, when they came to the Red Sea, they thought they were doomed. They turn around, and here you just see the storm cloud in the desert. And you can hear the, the thundering and the galloping, you know, the... And I mean, it's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And here they see Pharaoh coming. And they know, if Pharaoh catches up, they don't want slaves. They're going to kill them right there. And God says to Moses... Don't worry. He says, lift up your staff. And he did. And you know, the waters just separated. They didn't walk on mud. The scripture says they walked on dry land. And I mean, I've seen jokes about it. The one fish is stuck on this side. And it's like a, a piece of glass. And, and the fish says, my boss is not going to believe this. <laughs> that's, that's good. And so... These guys are so mad. Pharaoh and them are so mad. They don't think to themselves, yes, how on earth is this happening? They just go through. And they say, that's how you know you're in South Africa. <laughs> Those birds. I always tell Denver that. Um, and so they go through. And then what does God do? Oh, he lets the waters come down and it kills everyone. They're dead. They're gone. And as a matter of fact, I have seen video evidence 
of the iron wheels in the exact place where the Bible says it's in the Red Sea and it's a whole path of it. You can see the chariots and the wheels and stuff like that. You can see how the coral has built up and, and you know, uh, attached itself. It's, it's absolutely amazing. That's it. Skeletons there as well. And um, oh, what did Israel do when they came out the other side? Oh, they sang a song and they praised the Lord. And oh, thank you, Lord. And they worshipped him. And uh, man, Miriam sang. And you see this whole prophetic song. And uh, it's long, you know. But um, oh, what else is she going to do? You know? It's like a concert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're happy. They're happy. And then, well, they, where do you go now? Well, the Holy Ghost came in the form of a cloud by day. And this blazing fire at night. Because, I mean, there's no street lamps in the desert, you know. But there was one big fiery ball of light that led them. So, cut a long story short. These fantastic miracles. I mean, if you were one of the children of Israel, you were exposed to all those things. Something should have happened. You should have learned. You should have learned something about His nature. There's a lot that should be going through your mind. That stuff should have impacted you. It should have impacted you. Yeah. And they came to the promised land. I mean, uh, Francois and myself, we spoke about this, how small that whole area is. And the scripture says, they should have been there in 11 days. And you know what they did? They said, uh, Moses uh, sent them out. If you read there in the book of Numbers, Moses sent out the 12 spies. So they go out and Moses says, okay, I want you to give me information and tell me uh, if the land is good and check out the fruit and tell me the people that's living there and so forth. Well, you know the story. They went there for 40 days. They were spying out the land and they came back. And the Bible says they gave an evil report. After all of that that took place. And you know what they said? We can't take the land. It's impossible. Yeah, God's telling them all the time, I'm giving you a land with milk uh, that's flowing with milk and honey. He keeps telling them that. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. Yeah, they're telling him, no. It can't be done. And so Joshua and Caleb step up and they say, hey, God's for us. He says, we can do this. We can well. He says, God's on our side. And he says, their protection has departed from them. Yeah. That bunch got mad and started lifting up stones. And wanted to kill Joshua and Caleb. Well, right there, God said, I'm not having that. And the glory of the Lord just lit up that whole place and everyone froze. You know, when that happens, the glory cloud comes in. You know, everyone shut up then. And God was so angry. And you know what he said? After all that I have done. You know what he said? I want to actually wipe this bunch out. And he said to Moses, I will raise up a nation even bigger from you. I'll use you. And Moses said, no, 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 don't. Oh, he was meek. And he had a heart for the people and he interceded. And he said, yo, if those people find out that you brought them out of Egypt just to kill them in the desert. He said, it's not going to look good for your portfolio, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. So, what is the problem in that situation? Well, number one, we know they should have possessed the land. This was the heart of God. God was going to spoil them in 11 days. 11 days it took them 40 years to possess that land all because they complained all, all the because they complained and you know what despite those wondrous miracles that God performed they learned nothing about his nature they saw what he did in Egypt they saw what what he did how he the, the scripture says with a strong arm he took them out of the land of Egypt. 
He delivered them and they learned nothing. They witnessed the plagues and it meant nothing. In fact, they said, we are like grasshoppers to these oaks. And they said, it can't be done. And when Joshua and Caleb had faith inside of them and said, no, it can be done. They said, don't you dare. Don't you dare pick up stones, boys. Let's wipe them out. They learned nothing. Watch this. They did not grow. They did not grow. And that bunch held back the entire nation of Israel for 40 years. Four decades. Because of doubt and unbelief. But more importantly, because they didn't grow. And we see that problem is taking place in the church today. Last year, I have seen some things. I've seen people that were supposed to prosper, that were supposed to go into their promised land. But you know what happened? They didn't grow. They never grew. They learned nothing about God. Nothing coming, not even paying attention to the message. We're giving instruction in the one year, out the other. No sign of growth whatsoever. And they're getting older and older and older. And you know who gets the blame? God will get the blame. They won't take responsibility. This goes back to my scripture. In 1 Corinthians, they, because they are unspiritual, because they let their flesh dominate, and they're unable to talk, Paul says, I can't talk to you. They haven't grown at all. Okay. So, here's what you should do. We're going to carry on now. That was uh, just touching on last week. Here's what you should do. Okay, first of all, go to Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. Here's what you should do. Don't be like the children of Israel. Don't be like those people. I'm talking about a lot of people. A lot of people made stupid decisions last year. They made decisions based in their flesh. And it's going to cost them. Some of it, it cost them already. Some of them, they're still going to get the paycheck from that. The flesh, the flesh pays you out, my friend. Okay. Here's what you do. Now listen, this is something I find absolutely fascinating. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15. Here's what God says. I will give you pastors according to my heart. Not your heart. My heart. Why? Which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Question. Can you go and choose your own pastor? No. Is it wise to go and choose your own pastor? No, it's not wise. Of course not. Can you can you make a better choice than God? Not a chance. Do you really think that you landed up here by mistake? No. Do you really think that this is all a coincidence? No. He knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He does it because he loves you. Yeah. He does it because he wants you to grow. But you can go to Hebrews chapter 6 so long. Uh, what you're talking about now, I was just trying to find the scripture quickly. Um, you're talking about the Israelites that they came out and they, they weren't thankful for anything. They, there was no change. Yeah. Um, and it reminds me of a scripture the Lord gave me when I was believing for a house. It's from Deuteronomy 6.11 where it says, um, let me just go here quickly. Oops. Um, it says, and be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Another translation says that when you have eaten and are full yes. and satisfied, do not forget that I'm yeah. the one who took you out of the land of slavery. Because mm -hmm. that's what happens. People get comfortable with the things that he does. Yeah. 
and then they don't they forget about it yes and we've got to not end up in that that is absolutely the truth right there um like i said to you earlier no growth is going to cost you yes it cost israel 40 years don't think you're going to escape don't think by you just slacking off and doing nothing there's no payoff for you if there was a payoff for israel there's a payoff for you it's just how it works yeah. Proverbs is full of this stuff. Okay. Now the Lord specifically uh, spoke to me and said, this is what I'm supposed to tell you. Uh, Hebrews 6 verse what? Uh, verse 12, but I'm not going to read that yet. But okay. just get to a place of Hebrews 6, 12. Okay. So, when I got saved, the Lord said to me, um, I'm going to share part of my testimony. And... I joined, uh, I got saved through Kenneth Copeland Ministries. I know there's people that don't like uh, Kenneth Copeland, but this is my testimony. And when I learned about partnership, this is what the Lord said I'm going to share with you. I learned about partnership, partnering with a ministry, partnering with their vision. And when I heard about this, I thought, wow. I get to be part of a, a ministry, part of a vision. What's that about, you know? And so I got a partnership package in the mail. And in the mail, I got their magazine. And at that time, it was a two-month magazine made into one. They, they've never done it before, and they've never done it again. And after that, it's just been a monthly magazine. But that particular time that I got saved and I started partnering up with ministries and stuff like that I got a two-month magazine in one and it was a partnership report and they were sharing everything that they were doing in the ministry Beautiful. and the people that they reaching and the offices around the world and they were talking about, they partnered up with another ministry uh, who's a jail ministry. And they pump money into that ministry and so into that ministry so that that man has got a, a unique anointing on him to go into the, into the prisons. And then they partnered with other ministries that can't afford to pay their pastors. And the Lord told him, that he must pay the salary of over 200 pastors that don't work for him. But just to keep them in ministry. Yeah. And then um, they were sharing uh, with orphanages. They pump money into orphanages. That's why, you know, when people attack Kenneth Copeland Ministries on finances, you'll hear a lot about that. They attack them on finances. Hey, that man is sowing. Yes. You, you haven't taken the time out to know about that. Yeah. You're not interested in that. You're just jealous about his money. And all their resources. Are yeah. Free. But the reason he's got that is because he sows seed. Yeah. You see? He pumps money into other ministries and he helps them. He's sown airplanes. He's sown over 22 airplanes. Yeah. And then they get crossed because he's flying a Gulfstream and a Citation 10. Well... If you sow a seed of an aeroplane, guess what's going to happen to you? Yeah. You're also going to reap aeroplanes. Exactly. You'll reap better ones. Exactly. But anyway. And they never started in that, eh? No. They started dirt poor. Yeah, they start, and they started with a little, small, little single prop aeroplane. He flew that little thing everywhere, you know? And then the Lord said, <coughs> sow it to another ministry. And then he got blessed with a, with a twin prop aeroplane. And then slowly but surely he started advancing and so forth. Nonetheless, I saw all of this and I was just so blessed by it. Man. And just reading the testimonies from people writing in. And man, the tears just ran down my face. And I was just so blessed to hear about this. Now, I started watching the broadcast and so forth. And he was preaching about the goodness of God. And God heals you and that type of thing. Now... Um, look at Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. Now we're talking about what you must not do and what you should be doing. Okay? 
Don't be like the children of Israel that were disobedient and looked at themselves as grasshoppers. <laughs> they said, we are grasshoppers in, in these oaks out. We don't stand a chance. Don't be like that. Here's what you must do. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. That you be not slothful, the Apostle Paul's writing here. And he says, talking to the church, and he says that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That's what you must do. Follow them who's getting results. Follow them who've got fruit. Follow them. They've got fruit. Follow them. How did they get their fruit? Through faith and patience. They'll tell you, we're standing, we're believing. They tell you, we're not getting stuff overnight. They're telling you about their process. They're showing you how they get things done. They're telling you about the things that they're doing. They're telling you about the challenges they face. And Paul says, follow them. So that's what I did. I followed them. Now... Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 22. Remember, follow them who through faith and patience they inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Samuel 15 verse 22. You there? Say amen. Okay. So Samuel, I'm reading from the New King James Version for for those. And then I'm going to read from the New American Standard Bible. Just so you can understand it a little bit better for those who... Don't understand what I'm reading. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. So I know it's a little difficult for some people to understand that and comprehend that. So I'm going to read it from a translation that's more current for you people. Okay, I'm reading it from the New American Standard. Samuel said, Does the Lord have as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than a sacrifice. And to pay attention is better than the fat of rams. Okay. So a lot of people are stuck on sacrifices and offerings and stuff like that but they're not obeying they're not obeying they got no problems with sac- with offerings and tithes and and stuff like that and you should but what's the point if you're tithing and you're sowing seed but you're not obeying and he says it's better i like i like what the new american says here it's better to pay attention Then to give the fat of the rams. That's another type of offering. It's better to pay attention and to be obedient. Mm -hmm. So now watch where I'm going with this. So you can go to Ephesians chapter 4 so long. What I did was I listened to Kenneth Copeland's broadcast. I watched the BVOV. I tried to get hold of all the conferences. Ephesians chapter 4, so long. Look at verse 10. Well, I'll get there. Now, I would sit and I would listen, pay attention to what Kenneth Copeland was preaching. If he preached on tithes, I'd listen to him. And man, my little tithe I had, (laughs) it was a joke. But you know what? Instead of saying, oh, the church just wants the money. I never thought like that. I never ever had those problems. So immediately I made sure that I tithed. Man, I was so thrilled to tithe. And when Kenneth spoke about forgiveness, I listened to that message. And I paid attention mm-hmm. and I acted out on it. Yes. When Kenneth said, you must walk in love. And he quoted the scriptures and he went through the scriptures and he said, God wants you to walk in love. Mm-hmm. I made sure that I walked in. Whatever Kenneth said do, I did. Amen. Why? God has called people in your life to feed you. Yep. God wants you to grow. Mm-hmm. 
What's God trying to do? What's he trying to He's trying to spoil you, man. He's trying to get you into your, your land of uh, flowing with milk and honey. He's trying to get you into your Canaan. And if we're not there yet, that's our own cotton-picking fault. That's not his fault. We hold back so much of the church because of disobedience. And you saw what the prophet Samuel said. He said, obedience is far better than your tithes and your offerings. And you paying attention is far better. Paul writes, he says, go and follow them who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Well, I've learned how to inherit the promises of God. I've learned that. So what do you think, if you called into this ministry, do as I say. Kenneth Copeland said, pray in tongues for an hour every day. I didn't go and sit and argue and say, who on earth is going to pray in tongues for an hour every day? I went and I prayed in tongues for an hour every day. He says, go and read your Bible. I go and read my Bible. And you know what came of that? I grew. I prospered. I became wise. I quit making so many stupid mistakes. Because I didn't want to be like that other bunch and hold myself back. I wanted to learn. The problem with the church today is they're not growing. Why? They're allowing their flesh to dominate. They're paying attention to the five physical senses. And Paul says, I can't talk to you um, spiritual things. And I've, I've experienced that myself. Come across Christians who are struggling. And I've got the answer for them. And I can't give it to them. Because I know they can't hear it. So I know what Paul's talking about. Because I've experienced this firsthand. Are you in Ephesians chapter 4? Yes. So I'm going to have to bring this to an end. Thank you, Lord. Um. I'm reading here from, it's open on the Amplified Classic, so I'm just going to read it from the Amplified Classic. He who descended, it's talking about Jesus here, he who descended is the very same as he who also ascended high above all the heavens, that his presence might fill in all things the whole universe from the lowest to the highest. And his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us, some to be apostles. I'm going to skip past the brackets. Some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. This is Jesus spoiling the body of Christ with a fivefold ministry. The apostle, the prophet, uh, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Some I've heard people say, you know, I don't need to be part of a ministry and that I have my own church at home. I'm sorry for you. You're going to be held back 40 years. You're going to be stuck in the wilderness. You're never going to reach the land of Canaan. You're never going to reach your land flowing with milk and honey. Because you've been disobedient. You've got to be part of some sort of ministry. Why? This is the wisdom of God. Why? Let's read the next verse. Verse 12. His intention. Whose intention? Jesus' intention. His intention was the perfecting And the full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should, that they should, not the ministry, not the not the fivefold ministry by itself, Mm -hmm. the whole church, that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body, the church. Uh, What comes from that, brother? Well, that it might develop. Oh. You're supposed to develop until we all attain oneness in the faith. Uh, uh, watch this. Be careful. Not the doctrine. Not the oneness in the doctrine. The King James here uses unity. Until we come in the oneness of the faith. And in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God. That we might arrive at really mature manhood. You see what happens when you obey. You see how important the fivefold ministry is. It's there so that you can grow. Follow them. 
You're not following if you're not obeying. Because we're still going to bear fruit and you're not. You're supposed to bear fruit. And you read here, it's your job to help us. That we might arrive at really mature manhood. The completeness of personality which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection. The measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ and the completeness found in Him. Watch how they, they're not using Jesus' name. They're using the name Christ. The word Christ, sorry. What is he referring to there? He's talking about when you mature, you can tap into the anointing that is on Jesus. Who are we? Are we the body of Jesus or are we the body of Christ? In, a, in effect, we are the body of Jesus, yes. Jesus is the head of the church. But who is Jesus? Jesus in the Hebrew is the Mashiach. Correct? Yeah. But what does that mean in the Greek? He's, he is the Christ, the anointed one. Mm -hmm. Who are we? we the body of his anointing. We do, what, what does the scripture say? We are his hands and feet. Mm -hmm. Where does the anointing flow from? It flows through us. Mm -hmm. We are his body. But watch this. How do you get into the fullness of that anointing? When you mature, mm -hmm. when you grow, this is not for everyone. This is not for those. Okay, let's read further. So then, verse 14, you, you, you really got to see this. Verse 14, so then, we may no longer be children. This is the will of God, that you no longer be children. What type of children? Before you panic. What, is God going to disown me? No. He's not talking about children in that context. That we may no longer be children tossed like ships to and fro between chance gusts of teaching and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine. The prey of the cunning and cleverness of unscrupulous men, gamblers engaged in every shifting form of trickery in inventing errors to mislead. That's what happens when you don't grow. He uses the illustration of you being out at sea. And you being tossed like a little rag doll. No control. Push this side. Slap that side. Has anyone watched the movie The Perfect Storm? No. That's an eye opener. If I must just say something, when you said now the toss from the, the castle wind tossing, it, uh, it it makes me think of people jumping from church to church. That's mm. it. Bouncing. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Unfortunately, what came to my mind. Yeah. And you get angry over the smallest thing. You get jealous over the smallest thing. Mm -hmm. You 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 want to fight with everyone over the smallest thing. You sowing seeds of division. Mm -hmm. uh, did you hear what Trevor said? Ah, I think he was hinting on you about something. You're sowing division. What's yeah. happening? You've been tossed to and fro. You're a child. Yeah. That's what James says in James chapter 1. Yes. Don't expect him to receive anything from the Lord. Yeah. And that person is the one that's not growing. But guess what? It's coming at a cost. Yeah. Yep. Because they are the people that's never, ever going to experience the land flowing with milk and honey. Always got something to say. Always jealous. Always envy. Always fighting. Always walking in unforgiveness. Your flesh is dominating you. You will never access the anointing. What does the anointing do? The anointing will provide you with provision. The anointing will give you your healing. The anointing will give you your wisdom that you need. But you can only get it if you grow. You need to mature. And how do you do that? Follow them who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Be obedient. If I say, read your New Testament, don't go and come up with every type of excuse in the book. You're destined to mature. You're destined for a land flowing with milk and honey. God wants to spoil you. But it's all up to you. Children of Israel could have done it in 11 days, but they rather chose 40 years. 
Don't be like that. All right. Okay, let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We grew tonight. We grew tonight. Your beautiful spirit is always here, always blessing us. Thank you, Father, that your word won't return void. We don't want that. But we want it to bring forth fruit, to prosper in the people. Lord, that they walk away changed. That's what you want. You love us. I think we still don't comprehend all that. But you love us tremendously. Mm-hmm. It's your heart. You're a dad. You want to spoil us. But you can't spoil us if we're disobedient. Mm-hmm. If we get in your way. We, you can't do it and it hurts you. So Father, I thank you that the people streaming and the people present here tonight. Father, all of us. All of us. Even Megan and myself. Help us grow this year. Help us grow this year, Lord. Help us mature this year. Help us walk in a greater level of stability and structure in you than we've ever walked before. We cannot do it without you. We don't want to do it without you. We, we healed ourselves to your beautiful spirit and the grace. And we let you help us and teach us how to grow and become strong. That by the end of this year, you get to do in our lives what you have always longed to do. And we praise you and we bless your holy name. We love you, Lord. Yo, we love you so much. You're so beautiful. Life is beautiful and shining bright with you. But we know that you love us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And as we always say, remember, faith comes by hearing. Hey everyone, if you enjoyed today's podcast, feel free to let us know by contacting us via our Telegram channel, Trevor Van Vieren Ministries, or send us a message on our Facebook account. And if you liked what our ministry is doing, why not partner up with us and sow into God's vision which is to bring a printed copy of our newspaper to every house in our city. All funds are used to increase the print run and reach more houses with the good news of Jesus Christ. You can sow via our website at www.thedailywitness.co.za. There you will find a tab called Sow into a Vision. If you are inside of South Africa, you can use the option of SnapScan. You can download this app free of charge from Play Store or iTunes. If you are outside of South Africa, you can use our option of Give and Gain. We thank you for your faith and generous support. Remember, we love you and Jesus loves you.